This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. This is Bentley Manning, and I'm the rector here at the Church of the Incarnation in Highlands, North Carolina. And this is Callan Day. I'm the assistant rector here at Incarnation. So this is our fourth episode, and we're glad to be back recording and making another podcast uh, for our listeners. Kellen, you're looking at the microphone right now. What are you trying to figure out? I'm just making sure it's turned up to the appropriate volume, Bentley. Normally, Kellen's voice is loud enough. We've got to increase the volume on mine. So I think it's good that we're just making sure you're not too loud, Kellen. (laughs) Oh, boy. So this week's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Palm Sunday. But before we get there, we would like to honor the changing of the seasons. Yeah, so last, uh, this past weekend, I did some yard camping with my girls, and I was aware that uh, we're turning a corner seasonally right now. It was super warm here in Highlands, North Carolina, and the sun was out, daffodils were coming up. Birds chirping. Yeah, it's like the world is being born again. Yeah, it's really wonderful. So, Kellen, what's one of your favorite things about springtime? What's one of your favorite things to do, or what do you enjoy about uh, spring? I'm not sure that question needed clarifying. <laughs> well, I, you know, you never know. Um, I think what I like most about spring is just, like, anticipating what's coming. You can't quite do everything that you want to do yet, but it's so close. And I love that, like, feeling that sort of longing that it creates in you. So it's not so much that you love anything in particular (laughs) about spring. You just love the hope that it names. Exactly. Yes. So it's just kind of like we're almost to summertime. Right. It's not like, oh, I want to go swimming at the end of March. I don't actually want to do that. But spring gives me the idea that swimming will happen again at some point. I think I can see that. There's a great Marilyn Robinson quote from her book, Housekeeping, about how longing is better than the thing itself. Is that true for something like ice cream? Yeah, it's true about everything. I don't know. I think I like eating ice cream more than thinking about eating ice cream. Well, the quote is about wild strawberries. Like the thought of a wild strawberry breaking on your tongue is sweeter than the actual strawberry. That's certainly something to think about. Sure. What do you like to do in the spring, Bentley? Kellen, I never thought you would ask. Uh, I love, something I love about the spring is that I'm back on the river. I love to kayak. So I'm looking forward to that, looking to getting back into my boat. I also like having the windows open, uh, not having to have any heat going, just having fresh air come in in the house, uh, getting outside, walking, hiking, but, you know, just being outside a bit more. I was going to ask you, Kellen, don't you love getting in the garden this time of year? I do love getting in the garden, but I can't plant seeds up here until May. 
so we have some time before that's going to happen. One of the things I know about you, Kellen, is that you're a planner. Are you planning on anything in particular this year for your garden? Well, actually, I'm a little concerned because I hadn't ordered my seeds, and it turns out people are stress-buying seeds up in order to plant their own gardens this summer, which is a wonderful idea, but I had not thought to plan for my garden pre-pandemic. So what are you left to do? What are you going to do to fix that? I don't know yet. I haven't haven't figured it out. (laughs) It sounds like you need to panic a bit and order some seeds. All right, Kellen, I think we need to get this podcast back on track lest we lose some of our listeners. Yeah, great idea. We talked last week about some characters who were pretty good at telling the truth. And I think we'll find that theme present in Palm Sunday as well. But I think we should make it a little bit of a lighter theme this week. Yeah, in the spirit of spring, let's air it out a little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. So we're going to play a game, Two Truths and a Lie. You're up first, Bentley. Keep on running. Keep on running from the truth. and a lie and it'll be your job to figure out uh, at what point um, I start kind of lying a bit. I'm ready Bentley. All right so uh, while in college I lived in Costa Rica one summer and was part of a sea turtle rescue project and I was uh, busy rescuing Ridley back sea turtles. The other is that I've been an extra on the TV show Full House, when my family went out to San Francisco, they were looking for extras, and I was an extra in that television show. And then the last is that, you know, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, and that I have done professional recording work at a studio on Music Row. So those are the three, professional recording, Sea Turtle Rescue, and an extra on the television show Full House. I have this vague memory of you maybe mentioning you were in Costa Rica for a summer, but I don't know if I'm getting that confused with the DR. Um, I have no idea if you did professional recording in Nashville. I'm a little skeptical of that, but very possible since you lived there. Um, I'm going to go with the Nashville one. No, I actually, I did recording work on Music Row when I was a kid. Uh, someone asked me to do a voiceover for a cartoon, believe it or not. Oh, boy. What's the lie? The lie is the full house thing. Oh so um, when I was in college, I did spend a summer in Costa Rica, and part of that summer was spent rescuing sea turtles, uh, Ridleyback sea turtles. So that's, there you go. All right, Kellen, now it's your turn. Between sixth and seventh grade, I went to engineering camp. <laughs> eyes what i'm not done with it i have to start all over again yes i do 
All right, let me just stop us right here. This took Kellen like 15 takes. But she finally pulled it together. This has been a little bit more difficult than I thought it would be, but I think I have my list. Between sixth and seventh grade, I went to engineering camp and made a plane, a little like plane that you could fly with a remote control. So that's my first one. My second one is that I went to Paris to study French feminism because that's where feminism originated. And my third one is that I have hiked over half of the 14ers in Colorado. All right, Kellen, that one's tough. I feel like the second one might be a trick question. I think the second one is a lie. I think you have studied feminism, but you didn't go to France to do it. Wrong. (laughs) I did. I did go to Paris to study where feminism originated. So you made the airplane. It's you've only you haven't hiked half of them. You've you've hiked a quarter of them. I don't know how many I've hiked, but not nearly half. Probably like six. (laughs) Or maybe like sixty. I win. So I'm wondering, Bentley, from your perspective, how does that game relate to Palm Sunday? Kellen, I think that's a wonderful question. Uh, It may be a stretch, uh, but that game was about truth and so is Palm Sunday. Truth, it seems to me, is at the very heart of that liturgy, of that service, because during Palm Sunday we come to grips with the truth of who we are and come to learn something about the truth of who God is. I'm also reminded of what Joseph Wallace Williams said to us in our vestry retreat earlier this year, right? About how the enemy or evil works in half-truths. And so, like, my lie in that game was partly true, but it wasn't fully true. And so maybe Palm Sunday helps us see the whole truth. Hearing you say that, Uh, makes me think about how very often we pretend that we're clear in our convictions and our commitments, but Palm Sunday paints a picture of humanity that's a bit different. Right. We are so quick to raise our palms and praise Jesus coming into the city on a donkey, but midway through the service, we all end up yelling, crucify him crucify him. Another character that shows up in the gospel reading is Peter, someone who would deny Jesus three times, having once committed his life to following him. Another example of humanity being fickle. So the whole truth is that we might not be as faithful as we think we are. But we also come to discover a bit more about the whole truth of God. And one of the things that we learn is that God, unlike humanity, is indeed 
faithful. And we come to learn about God's faithfulness primarily through the person of Christ, who is unwilling to let go of humanity, even to the point of death on a cross. And through Jesus, we come to learn of a God who doesn't shy away from difficult or painful times, but instead remains committed to his Father in heaven and to those entrusted into his care. I think one of the challenging things about the Palm Sunday liturgy is that it can feel a little bit like you've had whiplash. You know, you go so quickly from lauding and honoring Jesus to shouting crucify him that you can kind of walk away dizzy. You mentioning the confusing nature of the liturgy reminds me uh, of my childhood when I always looked forward to Palm Sunday. I thought it was a fun day, a wonderful uh, day where maybe a live donkey was brought into the church and palms were all over the place. As I got a bit older, I realized it wasn't uh, so simple. And by simple, you mean we're not innocent. Kellen, I think that's exactly what I mean. Palm Sunday, maybe more than any other liturgy, reveals to us that we are the people that say yes to Jesus, and we are the people that say no to Jesus. Uh, The Orthodox theologian Alexander Solzhenitsyn reminds us that the line dividing good from evil cuts through the center of every human heart, and Palm Sunday makes that point painfully clear. As we begin to shift into Holy Week, we'll have plenty of chances to think about our own complicity and our yeses and our noes to God. We start with Palm Sunday, and then we move to Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. We sit in the darkness of the tomb on Holy Saturday. And all of those days give us a chance to reflect on the truth of ourselves before the truth of God. For the hungry and the overfed, may we have enough. For the mourners and the mockers, may we laugh together. For the victims and the oppressors, may we share our power wisely. For the peacemakers and the warmongers, may clear truth and stern love lead us to harmony. For the silenced and the propagandists, may we speak our own words in truth. For the unemployed and the overworked, may our impress on the earth be kindly and creative. For the troubled and the sleek, may we live together as wounded healers. For the homeless and the coddled, may our homes be simple, warm, and welcoming. For the vibrant and the dying, may we all die to live. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Empty Pews. We'd love to hear your two truths and a lie, so send them our way. We'd like to guess. 
And in case you're wondering, our prayer today came from the New Zealand Prayer Book. And if you're a parishioner at Church of the Incarnation in Highlands, North Carolina, please make sure you're on the lookout in your email inbox for a Holy Week program, which should go out to you either on Sunday or Monday. We love you. We miss you. God's peace.